Coming up in this podcast, Rising Stars, Satterley, Subiaco Pavilion, David Flanagan, Woodside and Indigenous Business. Welcome to Mark My Words, the weekly podcast from Business News with Mark Pownall and Mark Byer discussing the important business news and data stories from Western Australia. Hi, I'm Mark Pownall. And I'm Mark Byer. Welcome to our weekly podcast. Let's start with uh, a somewhat self-indulgent subject, Mark. One of uh, Business News' big nights is our Rising Stars Awards, a long-running program from which many fantastic companies have uh, emerged. Who were the most interesting winners on Wednesday night? Yeah, look, it was a great night, about 300 people at the State Theatre Centre. We had eight awards, and the great thing about these awards is the diversity of winners. Uh, they came from all walks of uh, business. So the, uh, the top winner, Injury Connect, great software business that's targeted a uh, underserviced niche and doing very, very well, rapid growth, national expansion, new products on the way. So, you know, fantastic story there. And some well-established businesses, so, you know, Austral Fisheries, um, great WA success story. They're a global leader in uh, fisheries management. Um, Ford and Doonan, uh, air conditioning business, you know, a well-known brand in the state. Um, we've had startups, we had indigenous businesses, family businesses. So, you know, a great celebration of uh, successful WA businesses. Yeah, and another one you, you didn't mention there, Chemo at Home, a, a business that does uh, chemotherapy at home and other types of those kind of infusions. Very interesting business. And, uh, look, I was a judge on that uh, program and uh, it was fantastic. So um, look out for the news on that one. Now, Mark, uh, Nigel Satley, he's been stirring the pot, uh, playing a bit of a political spoiler role. What is this all about? Well, look, Nigel has... Uh got himself into a really fascinating situation. I think most people would think of Nigel as sort of Liberal Party, blue blood, western suburbs, and yet he's now at odds with Colin Barnett and the state government. There's a number of issues bubbling away in the background. He's upset about land tax. He's upset about a big parcel of land um, in the southern suburbs that is going to be rezoned as part of a buffer from the Quinana industrial area. Um, now, a lot of people will get upset by planning decisions. Very few of them organise rallies on the front steps of Parliament House, and that's what happened during the week. Uh, there was a great commotion there. The government, uh, to a degree, has backed down. They've asked the Environmental Protection Authority to have a closer look at that specific issue around the Quinana buffer. But there's lots of other stuff going on. Nigel has been making allegations about leadership spills in the Liberal Party, um, controversy about donations. Uh, so it, it's got to an extraordinary level um, and you know, upset a lot of people. Um, but at the same time, he's um, cosying up with the Labor Party and Mark McGowan. So perhaps uh, he's thinking there's a, a shift in political winds. So, so many dimensions for someone who's one of the most prominent and most influential people in business in this yeah. state. Yeah, no, look, fascinating subject. And I think you're right, the, the dim different dimensions is a bit that gets me. The the Quinana thing, the Quinana and Mandoggle Up is the suburb. I mean, that that interface between industry and residential, it's a big issue in many, many places, and that's one that we identified years ago. And uh, it's fascinating to see it still play out. And then this whole situation where he's been out there in public in the middle of, and I know it's a federal election, but it does, it still matters and especially when corporate influence and union influence are subject matters of uh, quite significance. So, mm. yeah. And look, a related subject, 
Subiaco Pavilion um, announced a, a sale this week. Now, I mean, maybe maybe I'm drawing straws saying that's related, but what do you think? Well, there is a connection there where planning decisions um, get in the way of development and make life tough for people that want to actually invest money and do something in the state. Now, Subiaco is a classic. Everyone loves the charm of old Subiaco, but every, you know, the city has to change, suburbs have to change, and we've got this prominent site down near the train station, and everybody walks past a boarded-up pavilion site. We used to have we had fond memories of the markets. Nothing's happening there, and the developer who bought the site has put it on the market. He's given up. It's just too hard to get new apartments, um, high-rise developed in Subiaco. And it's a sad state of affairs. You walk down Hay Street and Rockaby Road, they're not bustling. They need something new and fresh. Here's someone trying and they've given up because it's too hard. Mm. And, you know, my view on this is this is exactly what activists and NIMBYs want. Make it too hard and people won't do things. And I'm not suggesting that necessarily the case in this, in this instance because I thought it was very much a council-led obstacle. But uh, I think it's disappointing. And no one can suggest when you look at it that that's a bad thing to happen in Subi. But anyway, let's see how it goes. Let's see what the ne- if someone buys it, what they do with it. Uh, now, Mark, David Flanagan um, quit as head of Atlas Iron. Was that a surprise? Look, it was to a degree. Um, it was about a year ago that he came back as managing director and led the rescue of that business. Uh, you know, they were battered by the collapse in iron ore prices, um, but he raised capital, restructured the operations, did a big debt for equity swap, which means that about 70% of the company is now owned by the old financiers. So the old shareholders haven't got much uh, of a stake in the business. But as David says, it's still operating. There are mines up in the Pilbara, people employed. There is a future. So not what everybody was hoping for. Um, But I think it was an example where after a really tough period of rescuing the business, bringing it back from the brink, I think he needs a break. So he's moving on. They'll bring in someone new to run the business. So you know, a really significant milestone because you know, he's one of the people that you know, led the charge for development of the Pilbara over the past decade. Absolutely. And speaking of development, uh, Woodside's decided to progress its Enfield project. Uh, you know, that's a bit of good news, really, in the oil and gas world. Yeah, look, I mean, $2.7 billion, nothing to sneeze out there. So, yeah, an, off- an offshore oil development. Um, a lot of the work, I imagine, will happen internationally, um, but nonetheless... You know, significant dollars still being invested in the resources sector. So as we keep on saying, there are opportunities out there. Things are still happening. It's not all dead. Mm, Yes. Now, look, uh, this week's paper, we're looking at Indigenous business as one of our key features. Um, What can readers look out for there? Yeah, look, I've had to talk to quite a few of the bigger Indigenous contractors. Uh, Now, they all rode the construction boom, the mining construction boom over the past decade, and groups like Eastern Gurama, you know, they had a, a, a really good run. They formed partnerships with the likes of NRW and Briety and picked up a lot of work. But you know, the market's changed and these Indigenous businesses are having to adapt as well. Uh, we spoke to other people like uh, Kimberley Regional Service Providers. Now, they've been running for 20 years. Great success story, uh, doing all sorts of work in remote locations around the state. Um, Indigenous Construction Resource Group, that's a bit of a mouthful, uh, Clinton Wolf's business, 
Um, that's another one that's adapting its business model. A lot of them are finding new joint venture opportunities, so areas like waste management, you know, this long-term operational work that's underway. Um, we've also looked at a really, fast, uh, a really interesting young entrepreneur who set up a, an employment uh, jobs board targeting the Indigenous market. So lots happening. Uh, people are adapting to the changing times, um, but they're not giving up. They're, they're seeing opportunities and pursuing them in very um, innovative ways. So a really fascinating read. Yeah, and look, I think for our listeners, I think that's a, it's a really interesting uh, segment of the market up there. It's actually quite sophisticated now. I think we've watched that progress in the last decade from being quite immature to, to a level of maturity. And, uh, and, and part of that feature, I know I've written this story there on Blaze Quimelina, and his business, Northwest Waste Alliance, and and you know he he reckons the Pilbara's miles ahead in this in this area of indigenous business, and he's hoping to kind of export that concept to the rest of the country and show them the way. So I think it's pretty fascinating. So don't forget to go online and uh, and have a look at that, and don't forget to check out all the picks and news, the other winners, category winners from our Rising Stars Awards night. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mark My Words with Mark Powell and Mark Bayer from Business News. For more information, please go to businessnews.com.au forward slash podcasts. And to receive these regularly, search for Business News WA in iTunes or SoundCloud.